Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach JB, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Coach JB. Coach JB, welcome to the show, Fadeaways and Fundamentals podcast. What's up? Oh, man, chilling, living well. Nice. Okay, so we're going to dive right in uh, to this segment. I want my listeners to know a lot about you. So please give us your full life story in basketball, starting from where you started to where you ended and where you're at. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I grew up in North Philadelphia in a neighborhood called Port Richmond. Um, And if anybody knows anything about Philadelphia, we love our sports. So I grew up playing soccer and basketball Um, and, you know, my basketball career pretty much set into place after I decided that I wasn't going to go very far with soccer. Um, I love the sport. I still wake up every Saturday morning and I watch it. I'm a big Chelsea fan, Um, but I decided that basketball was going to be the sport for me. Um, So we moved down. My father was in the military. We moved down to Virginia, and I started playing basketball down there on the blacktop. Kind of, I mean, it, you know, that's a, a lost art now, which unfortunately I feel like, you know, athletes can still benefit from that drastically where uh, they can get out onto a blacktop and deal with elements that you don't really have to deal with in a structured setting, you know, where they're putting teams together and sometimes those teams are stacked and there's a team that's short, you know, six, seven, eight games in a row, they're winning, you know, figuring out how to, you know, get that grit and fight through that. And sometimes you get knocked down and you get those cuts on the blacktop that you don't get on a prestigious hardwood floor. You know, I just believe that that builds character. So I grew up playing in that kind of a setting on the blacktop and trying to fight through. And I was a little bit undersized. I mean, I'm only five, nine and a half, but I believe that helped, you know, again, build my grit and learn the game differently. I wasn't able to, you know, just jump up and get a put back Duncan or, you know, overpower people with my body. It was something that I had to learn to be more strategic with my moves. Um, And I really took pride in passing the ball. Like that, that stays true to the day. If I hit a blacktop or if I go play basketball anywhere, first thing I'm trying to do is get my teammates involved. And uh, for all those, all those kids out there that may be listening to this, make sure you take a lesson from that. If you get your teammates involved early, you're going to get that ball back because you're going to get picked up quickly because they understand that you're going to pass them the ball. And after you get known for passing, People kind of sag back off you, and that's when you let your shot fly. And the game gets very easy. Just look at Rondo. Look at Steve Nash. You know, these guys just – they made a killing off of it. Uh, 
Right. Can, can, can I uh, can I interrupt you? Really, yeah, really for sure. Because before you get into the other parts of uh, your life story in basketball, um, I love the fact that you talked about the blacktop. Um, I think it's a lost art also. Um, I, Me being a, a basketball junkie, uh, it was always, uh, as Cody Topper says, uh, bones over cones. And uh, we may learn to move from watching something on college or the NBA, but the way you perfected it was out on the blacktop or in a gym playing five-on-five, three-on-three, two-on-two, one-on-one, because – that was what we did. There wasn't skill training. Um, do you think it's a lost art because there's so much skill training? There? I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I believe that uh, one of the, and you got to remember, I'm an educator too. So my philosophies kind of blend together as an right. educator and, and as a coach, I really feel as if, and there, there's nothing has changed with, with, you know, kids, kids are still kids. You know, they're born the same way that we were. The issue is the way that these kids are being raised today. Um, and, and that's not a that's not a right. shot at parents or anything like that. It's just like a global or I'm not going to say global. I'm going to say a societal issue that we have here in America. We try to control kids way too much. You know, we're always we want to be there for, you know, every time that they're playing. That's great that you want to be there, but sometimes you need to leave them alone. You know, we didn't have our parents kicked us out of the house. They said, get out of the house. You, you have to go play. We didn't see our parents for four or five hours. Now, I mean, as far as they knew, we were being model citizens. But Lord only knows what we were doing. We were outside. Nobody was around. We could have gotten into all kinds of trouble. But it still worked out. And because they weren't around, we were able to solve problems, which I think made us, you know, better basketball players. Kids are skilled today. They have great skills, but sometimes their basketball IQ and basketball um, instincts just aren't there because they don't, they always have somebody stopping them. They always have somebody, you know, you can't make that mistake. And I believe that you learn from the mistakes that you make. So, you know, I think that it would be extremely beneficial, even if kids don't, you know, get on a blacktop itself. But if they go and they play pickup basketball and nobody's around, I think that could be extremely beneficial for them. And then maybe afterwards, a coach or a parent or whoever tells them, like, you know, you made this decision, maybe try to do this next time, as opposed to them yelling at them from the sideline and then maybe stopping the game and stuff like that. Like, it just kills it. It kills the flow. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're 100%. And the other thing you touched on, why I wanted to stop you, you had two of them. The second one was passing and getting your teammates involved. I feel that passing is almost a lost art, too. Like, I remember driving and, like, jumping in the air and doing a wraparound pass or jumping um, off one or two feet and throwing it to the weak side. And whereas now... Um, as of the last few years, I've always heard people, there's no reason to leave your feet for a pass. And I was always like, dang, I always did that. And I saw nothing but success. So was I playing the game wrong? And in reality, I wasn't because I talked to my good friend, Cody Topper, and he was telling me they preached that all day long at Memphis. Well, you know, the, the difference, I think, you know, it's just like anything else it's very easy to say that something's either wrong or right, but being able to explain the reasoning behind it is the tough part, right? Like I know Cody 
and everybody at Memphis, they they have a high basketball IQ and they have, you know, a great background as well. So when Cody jumps in the air or Penny jumps in the air, or Mike, well, let's be honest, if Mike jumps in the air, the ball is going to the hoop. Um, but when they jump in the air, they have a plan. You know what I mean? Like, right. you if you're jumping in the air, you have a plan for what it is that you're doing. You're either jumping in the air because you're going to shoot or you're jumping in the air to draw the defender so you can make that pass. You can't jump in the air and then be like, okay, what am I going to do? And that's where people that's right. where people get upset with me. That's where coaches say, don't jump in and pass the ball. Well, that's just – that's silly. Like, you shouldn't tell athletes that because – if you ground them all the time, sometimes you're not going to be able to make a pass if you're on the ground. You know what I mean? So it, it's not yeah, wrong. I, okay. Yeah. I completely get that because I'm always, and I always teach my son this drive, hunt the paint. If you can jump and you can get a nice little shot in the paint, great. If you got a nice little dump pass, you can do that. But if you jump and you're using your peripheral vision, you're going to see the guys on the weak side. They're either exchanging. You got a guy lifting. You got a guy dr- drifting. You got a guy cutting. So when you're in the air, you already see it. You you have to realize this game is is like chess. You have to see when you drive in those few seconds that you're hunting, you have to visualize what those next moves can be. It can't just be one move. Well, I think it comes down to knowing what's going on on the court as well. You know, I try to tell my athletes all the time and my coaches for that matter, the more you can watch film and understand this game, it becomes so much easier. You know, you talk, you're talking about baseline drifts and stuff like that. The best way to make a baseline drift pass is to float out of bounds and throw that ball. You know, you can't really stay in bounds and make an easy pass. Sometimes the easier pass is jumping out of bounds to make it. Um, but I think it, it comes down to understanding what's going on in the game and understanding defenses and things of that nature. Because if you can do that, this game gets very easy. Yes, I, I totally agree. Okay, let's go back to uh, uh, your story of, of, of basketball now because I want to touch on film, but I don't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I, I had a very interesting playing career in high school. I actually went to four different uh, high schools. Um, so I moved around a lot. Um, I got cut my freshman year. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I was not a very good basketball player when I was younger, when I was in high school. Um, I probably deserved every bit of getting cut my freshman year. Um, but it was something that I was hungry to to do and I wanted to get good, um, but I didn't know how. And I didn't have any coaches around me. I don't have any uh, athletes in my family. I don't have any coaches in my family. So everything was really self-taught. And you were talking earlier about watching people on TV. I'm a Philly guy. So Bubba Chuck, Allen Iverson was my guy. Like I always tried to do everything that Iverson did. If I saw him do it in a game, I would try to replicate it. And the, the issue with that was I wasn't Allen Iverson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Allen Iverson was very quick. And he was very athletic. That was not me. And so, it short. long story short, I had an interesting high school career because I didn't have quality coaches around me, and I didn't have anybody who invested that time in me. So, 
my skill came from me trying to figure it out on my own. Um, I went to Radford University after that. Um, they're a school in the Big South in the southwestern part of Virginia. Uh, most people know where we are because they say, oh, uh, that's about 15, 20 minutes from Virginia Tech. And I'm like, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we're our own school. Don't worry about Virginia Tech. Um, so <laughs> I, I went to Radford, and when I got there, I met up with some great guys. Um, and we started Radford University's club basketball team. And for those people who don't know what club teams are like, at the division one level, they're more like a JV team. And, you know, it's depending upon where you go will vary in the talent that's there. And at our team or at Radford, our team was very good. Our first two uh, seasons of being a sanctioned club sport, we went undefeated. Um, So we did, we did really well. Uh, And Brad Greenberg, came in he was hired as our new varsity coach he took over our program and I wanted to get involved so he brought me on as a manager and that was you know my first real introduction to high quality basketball and you know my career my my coaching career kind of took off from there I really started learning the game of basketball which is crazy to think about I mean I played in high school uh you know no disrespect to my coaches that I played for um but they weren't great basketball minds. Um, and so I didn't learn the game of basketball. I played my sophomore, junior, and senior years. Um, but I didn't learn the game of basketball. And uh, once I got to Radford and I got around, you know, other quality basketball players and quality coaches, I really started to learn the game. And from Radford, I went to New Zealand to coach with the New Zealand Breakers. A lot of people, you know, know who they are now um, because of some of the moves that uh, players made this year instead of going to college. You know what I mean? They had people that uh, went to Australia to play. Um, who was it? Uh, not Lonzo Ball, but uh, Lamella went over there. And, you know, they had a couple of other people that went over there to play this year. So people are starting to learn about them. RJ Hampton obviously played with uh, the Breakers this year as well. So uh, it went to that. And then I started moving around from high school to high school. And I ended up at IMG Academy, which was a great experience as well. Nice. All right. I love that. I'm loving that. Now, what what got into like the whole film breakdown? So. I know for a fact, uh, I have seven club teams um, right now in my program. And I understand kids at eight and nine years old are not going to watch that unless they're like an absolute basketball junkie. And I have a few of those, but not much. And they're mostly trying to watch highlights anyways. Right. But the kids that I have between the ages of 12 to 14 in my program, I believe, even though I give them homework to watch film, they're not watching film. They're watching mixtapes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to sit my son down and go, okay, dude, it's study time. This is what we're watching. We watch a lot of college because I feel that his next step is high school. And that's our focus right now is only to have fun in the game, play some high school ball, stay out of trouble. Um, and if and if he succeeds with the people that are around him, 
Um, like I said, our basketball circle between Jordan Lolly, Cody Topper, Gannon Baker, Ryan Rizuki. Um, I, I have a, I have quite a few great people and we're very blessed to have around him. If he can get to the next level, great. But that's like a 1% chance to play D1, D2. So I have him watching film, a lot of college. Um, how important is that? Well, I think you, you kind of hit on a point that I was going to make already. Um, a lot of coaches get upset with players because they don't watch film. But you hit it right on the head when you said it's 1% chance of them playing at the next level. So you got to understand that as many coaches as there are, you know, that's not very many people in the world that are coaching. I mean, you put that ratio, you know, the amount of coaches that there are people in the basketball community, it's still really low. So you got to remember when you ask your athletes to watch film, I mean, you're going to get about like one to 2% of them that are actually going to watch that film. And that's because the majority of them, if you, did a survey today you asked people why they play sports it's, it's to have fun there's no other reason why they play other than to have fun and that one to two percent those are the ones that are going to go do this for a living so they have to watch film it is a job so like I always ask my athletes you know when at the beginning of the year when we start talking about expectations and things of that nature I ask them why do you play the game of basketball and they say, well, I want to play in college or I want to play in the NBA. And I look at them like, yeah, you and the rest of us. But there's a reason why those people play in the NBA. There's a reason why those people play in college. They have to pay a luxury tax in order to do that. And a lot of them look at me like, what are you talking about, a luxury tax? I'm like, well, you want the luxuries, right? You, you, you want you want the, the nice car. You want all the attention, the girls coming to you. You want, you know, tens of thousands of followers and, you know, you want all the money, but all those things come with a tax and that tax is your time. You're not going to be able to go spend time with all your friends. You're not going to be able to go to your prom and all these different parties and stuff like that. If you want to be at that level, you know what I mean? Like you, if you think that, you know, LeBron and Chris Paul and Jordan and all these people were at parties every weekend and, you know, were just staying at home, playing video games and just kicking. That's not the case. That's not it. There's a reason why when people came to IMG Academy, why they grew so much. It's because they're on a specific schedule. They don't have time in their day to sit around and do nothing with their life. They are on a specific schedule the entire day and they have to follow that. You'd have to go to IMG Academy and attempt to get worse than to attempt to get better. Like we have it broken down to where if you come here, you are going to get better regardless. And that, I mean, that's not me trying to send out an advertisement to IMG because obviously I'm not there anymore, but they have that formula. And if you follow that formula, then you're going to grow. So as important as it is, you know, to watch film because it is, you're going to grow. You're going to learn. It's just as important to have a formula and a schedule put into place so this way you can actually grow. Oh, man, I love that. I, You know, and, and what I tell my son about film, and now he watches it with me and, and we'll slow it down and we'll replay a certain segment a few times. I love the fact when he starts to, like, watch the off-ball movement 
and figure out where the movement could be on whichever defense to break down, where, whether it's a 1-3-1, 2-3, man-to-man, whatever it is, um, off ball screens, everything he figures out the puzzle pieces and I'm like, that's what makes the game easier is now that you're, you're figuring out the, the next steps. This is only helping you. And, and that's, that's, that's what I love about it, but I have to, you know, I have to tell him and tell him and tell him and and then he figures it out. But I love the fact that you brought in the luxury tax. Oh my gosh, dude, that is crazy. That's fire, dude. I love it because you're talking about conditioning, strength training, um, uh, basketball skill training, basketball practice, film, uh, eating right, sleep, hydration. I mean, it it comes with all those things. Am I right? It it does come with all those things. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, they kind of battle against each other now because like they have, they have resources that we never had. We didn't even come I mean, we didn't even come close to having the resources that they have, but Mm -hmm. not as many people were in it to, like, it's so funny. I there I don't know if you've watched any of my throwback Thursday videos but I always use um this song from Space Jam it's called Hit 'em High it's got uh mm-hmm. it's got Method Man in it and LL Cool J Busta Rhymes and dude from Cypress Hill I think but anyway one of uh one of the verses in the song is are you in it for the money or are you in it for the love MJ and like I remember that, that people like really did like get on his case about like oh he's just doing it for the money like what's wrong with that man like it's his job like why can't he do it for the money and the crazy thing is it's like so many people played the game back then just because they loved it and now people are playing the game because like they want that money they want that attention they want that love behind it too so you know it's it's it battles against each other. It's, you know, you have so many resources, right? And we try to tell the kids like, no, you should play this game because you love it. But in reality, if you want, you know, the fame, you want to play at the highest level, you really do have to approach it like it's a job and it has to be your job. And you have to love the game in that fashion. You have to fall in love with the grind with being involved with the game as it is your career i was talking to um coach sutton at uri the other day and we were talking about high performers and as much as people and jordan i don't know what it is about jordan but he just gets away with it people think that jordan was the nicest guy he was an ass he was so mean He was so mean. He would walk into practice, and I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to say what he said. But, like, he would walk into practice and just tell people, like, man, you suck. You could never be – just because he was having a bad day and he wanted to get his own motivation going. Like, Mm -hmm. he gets a pass on that for some reason. But, like, people like him, like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is another one of the – I mean, he's a jerk. Like, nobody wants to be around Tiger. And – uh, like, and here's the biggest one that everybody sees right now. The most relevant one, Donald Trump, everybody hates Donald Trump. But if you look at him, the man is a genius from a business perspective. And there's a reason why, like those people are infatuated. They have a passion and they love their career that much that they don't care that they hurt other people's feelings. 
and they don't care what else they have to do to get where they want to be. Now, I'm not telling people to do that. I'm not saying like when you go play basketball or if you go into your career, you have to be cutthroat. You have to be like Rockefeller and put people out of business and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you want to be great at what it is that you do, you do have to have that kind of dedication and infatuation with growing every single day. You have to have a growth mindset. You know, I'm watching film two, three hours a day and putting out clips like that's my infatuation with the game that's how much i love it and i reach out to people and i try to help them and i don't charge them money and i just try to help the and the game grow like i believe in being a giver and a guardian to our game of basketball because there are people out there now who try to you know hustle people and they have a great hustle where they say oh come train with me i can teach you this and they can dribble three basketballs and flip a cone up in the air all while <laughs> you know catching a tennis ball I'm like yeah, that's great. You could do that. Now go show me how that's applicable to the game of basketball. Yeah. Oh, 100, dude. I love that. I'm the same way. Those, uh, I think it's Drew Allen, right, that calls those clown drills? Yeah, Drew Hamlin. Drew Hamlin. Yeah, yeah he's he's, yeah. A, he's a great example, man. Like, the game of basketball is not complicated. It's very simple. Um, and there, that's the reason why we all love it so much. You know, I mean, all you need is – you know, a basketball, a hoop, and you can play the game. Like, it, it doesn't have to be – as much as I love breaking down film and looking at different sets and different philosophies and stuff like that, it's still a very simple game. Very simple. That's why pick and roll will always work. You know, and you could try to counter it by icing or downing screens and things like that, but there's counters to that. As much as you would want to try to complicate it, it's still a very simple game. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, last night, my son and I, our segment, um, we were watching the uh, 4-1 um, Villanova offense. And mm-hmm. it pretty much it, it runs all off the pick and roll. All right. of it. Off the slot, off the wing, off a flat. Um, and it was awesome because, you know, he's my son's learning the pick and roll game and, and uh, he's learning it at a higher level. And looking at the weak side what's open where the cutters are it, it to me and it's the best like we watched that film for about 45 minutes to an hour like rewinding rewinding and he it was fun to just hang out with him and do that and he's calling out um actions and he's breaking it down and and to me it's like hey look man we're not we're not beating up your body your body's taking a a few hours off now we're just we're literally it's all mind and yeah and i mean that's yeah that's a big deal and i mean the fact that and i think you know what just listening to you talk about that it's a big deal because you all i mean it just especially listening to you know what you're telling me about his responses it's a big deal because you all are spending time together as a father and a son you know i mean Yes, you're doing the job, you know, of learning the game. And that's great that he's benefiting from that. But when it all comes down to it, none of us are going to play the game of basketball as, you know, as a professional. Let's just say, let's just say best case scenario, he goes and he's a professional. LeBron's like the oldest dude in the league right now. And he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So the fact that you know, he might play basketball if he's extremely lucky. He might play the game and get paid until maybe the age of 30, right? And he's not going to 
you know, think like, damn, man, I'm glad I watched all that film. So this way I could play till I'm 30. No, he's going to say, man, I'm really glad that my dad and I got to spend that time together. And, you know, he was a part of this and he'll appreciate that part of it. So I think that's something that, you know, coaches and parents could really take a lesson from is not so much you have to watch this film as much as, hey, you want to look at this and, you know, see what I see and learn the process behind it and appreciating the time that you're spending with your son and keeping your mind where your feet are, you know, appreciating that time that you have with them. Yeah, I love that. You're absolutely right. I, number one, I love spending time with my son in that, in that aspect and not always having to drill him of, come on, we got to train harder, uh, quicker, rip harder, jump fast or jump higher, run faster. The cool thing is we're there, we're sitting, we're laughing, but we're both students of the game. There's right. something that I'm learning based off of that. Right. What What's that's so cool. You know, I'm 41 years old and I'm still learning. So let's learn together. Am I right? hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, you know, it's important. Like I was watching, um, I was watching Penny Hardaway with his son and they were playing one-on-one and his son was beating him, you know, just because Penny's getting a little bit older and his knees are a little bit busted up. But I mean, like, that's what it's about getting out there and competing with your son. Like I'm 32 right now and I don't have kids, but hopefully it'll happen soon. But like, I'm legit working out every single day because I know when I'm 40 years old and that kid's 10, he doesn't care how old I am. He's going to try to beat me. And I got too much pride in my body to let some 10 year old punk beat me in basketball. I don't care. You know, if you are my kid, like I'm still, we're going to enjoy that time together, but you better believe I'm the day I met my wife. I told her, I'm never going to let you win anything. If you beat me in something, you take pride in it. And that night I beat her playing. Sorry. And if none of you guys know what sorry is, you check out that board game and you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. I mean, trust me, there's times my son will hit me with a with a, a nice combination, uh, two or three dribble combination, and he gets me going back for a second. He just kind of smiles and goes, I'm getting you, man. I'm like, yeah, you ain't beating me, though. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what it's all about. And I'm I'm telling you, like, it's important to to build that competitive drive. And, you know, like I said, as much as, I, I love competing like that. Like it's important that you instill that and kind of do it with love. And, you know, my, I tell the story about how I told my wife about how, you know, I'm never going to let her win anything. She's stomping me out in a new game that we're playing called Mexican train. And she's loving every single bit of it. <laughs> it's easy. That's right. I love that. Um, what are, what are the um, three best building blocks a player should have between the ages of 14 to 18? So they just, in all honesty, it comes down to this. First of all, if they can, and I believe in building them from the ground up from a very small age. So, you know, when I have kids, the very first thing that they will do athletically is get into gymnastics because it teaches them how to control their body, right? Yes. If you can't control your body, it does not matter how much, you know, how many skills you have. If you can't control your body, it's useless. 
right? Like they talk about, oh, well, I'm going to teach them a Euro and this, that, and the third. Man, how are you going to teach the kid a Euro if they can't even walk and talk? So learning just basic control over their body, all right? Teach your kid how to do push-ups properly. Teach them how to do squats properly. It doesn't matter if they can do 50 push-ups and squats with terrible form. That's not beneficial to them. So first building block would be learning how to control your body, learning how to, you know, manipulate different things with your hands and feet, right? That's why soccer is such a great sport for kids to get involved with because it works on their footwork, right? Um, And then from there, learning how to, from a a basketball uh, standpoint, learning how to manipulate the basketball fundamentally, right? Like being able to pound the ball instead of softly dribbling it, being able to do your crossover, your in between the legs, your in and out, and learning the footwork that goes together with those moves. And then perfecting your shot as well. Like, don't worry about, you know, doing a in and out chop, wrap behind your back, spin move, throw it off the glass, all this stuff. When, when you're trying to have fun, yeah, do those things. It's great to be inventive and creative and trying to have fun with it. But if you're really trying to get great at this game, master the basics. Like, that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant talks about it. Like, if you went into a Kobe Bryant uh, practice or, like, training session, there was none of that stuff. You wouldn't see cones and tennis balls. And, and I'm not trying to – you know, knock those trainers that have those things. Like I know Michael Lancaster is big on that and he calls the, you know, the tools that he uses. uh, He he says that's the accountability and, you know, he justifies it, you know, in a certain way. Um, But if you can master the basics, then you are going to be extremely good, extremely good. And the basics are not easy. They will challenge you mentally because it is not easy to go in and rep the same thing over and over and over again until there's no possible way for you to get it wrong. Don't do it until you can get it right. Do it until you cannot get it wrong. And like I always tell my athletes when we're shooting, aim for swishes. Aim for swishes because you would never go into your English class and turn in a paper and say, man, I hope I get a 60 on this. Like, no, you turn in that paper and and hope that you get a 100. So when you shoot a basketball, aim for that swish. That swish is 100. You're hitting the rim a couple of times. That's like a 60 or a 70 on your paper. Yes, dude, that's so sick, dude. That's so sick because I tell my son the same thing. I went to a Dave Hoppe um, basketball skills class when I was in a junior, and he changed my life. I was a sophomore and a junior. I went twice. Um and the same thing he thought he told us every time we we do our form shooting it should be all net hit all net and as you go into your shot think swoosh think swoosh so when my son does form shooting it's the same thing hey dude it hits the rim that does not count we will sit here until we get five swishes then we take a step back that's how we do it yeah i mean that's that's the best way to do it like you can't aim for mediocrity like that's just not going to be it. You can't aim to halfway do a job. And I have coaches that ask me all the time, like, how do you, like, 
what's wrong with kids today? They're soft. They're weak. They're not tough. And I always ask them, like, man, what is toughness? Like, first of all, you got to define that. And then you can – some people say – that you cannot teach, you cannot coach toughness. I don't believe that one bit. Like, toughness is taught from the day that you're born. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. kids don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, some people are born a little bit more resilient. But if you push people, like, I believe in people. Like, I truly believe in people. I believe that if you push a person to be great, they will be great. If that wasn't the case, then we wouldn't be where we are in society today. You know what I mean? Especially, like, look right now with this virus that's going on. Like, as much as, you know, for as bad as it's been and so many, you know, people dying and thousands of people are sick. Like, look how resilient we've been as people. Like, we're reaching out uh, to people, like I said, through social media. We're doing this podcast right now. There's people who are figuring out ways to make money, even though like they can't even go to their regular job. Like, don't tell me that people aren't tough. Don't tell me that people aren't resilient, that it can't be taught. Get out of here with that nonsense. The the old school mentality that, oh, well, he could take an elbow to the face and play through it. Like, is that really tough or did he complain about it the whole time? Like, I don't want to hear that toughness can't be taught. Like, this is the best prime example of all time about how tough people can be fighting through this entire you know ordeal that we're going through right now right yeah no I, I get that what was the best piece of advice you've ever gotten man the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten uh do we have a specific topic I mean I've had advice uh, through my well, whole through basketball, life <laughs> through basketball you know what Alan Stein has you know been a great example for me if you all haven't heard alan talk before like you should definitely get on that his name's alan stein jr um one of the best things he ever said to me was keep your mind where your feet are um and you know people talk about staying present and things of that nature and they never really uh grasp that concept but if you could think about it like right now the only thing I have in front of me is this phone and my lunch. And all I'm doing is focusing on this talk that we're having right now. That's where my mind is, right? When I leave this room and I go hang out with my wife, I need to make sure that I put this phone away so I can give all my attention to her. And if you can live by that, if you can live by keeping your mind where your feet are, you will be successful in life. You go into your classroom. When, you're, when you go into school and you put your phone away and you focus on that classroom, you're going to have a good grade in that, in that class more than likely. And I tell my student athletes that as well. I said, when you're at lunch, I don't want you thinking about me. Like, don't think about me at all. Don't worry about the game that's coming up tonight. Don't worry about practice. Spend time with your friends, hang out with your friends, eat your lunch. But when we're on this court, understand that I'm going to respect your time a hundred percent because time is our most precious commodity. We cannot get more of it. We cannot take, you know, time back from the time that we've already spent. So when you're in this room with me, all attentions to what our goal is. And afterwards, when you walk out of here, don't even think about me, enjoy your life, 
keep your mind where your feet are. Oh, I like that. I like that. So if you were going to leave this earth and you had to write a note and it had three things on that note, um, and it could be anything you want, and you just want to leave almost like just something that people will, could remember you by or to live by, what would those three things be? If, all right, I'm going to play, I'm going to play pretend with you because I don't have kids yet. Okay. So if I had to leave an, if I had to leave a note to my future kids that I have, and then let's say I just wasn't here anymore, it's just something tragic happened. Um, I would tell them to be true to themselves, right? Like, don't, don't worry about what other people try to influence you to do. Be true to yourself. Uh, I would definitely say to keep their mind where their feet are. And, man, I mean, that's, that's what I live my life by. You know, I, and I would probably tell them to listen to a couple of uh, people that I pay attention to. Like, I, I really pay attention to Jay-Z. I really pay attention to Bob Marley. You know, I think that you can learn a lot from great people. Like, maybe maybe my third one would be is to find a mentor, right? Like, Kevin Sutton has been a great mentor to me. He's at the University of Rhode Island. He'll, he'll talk to anybody. And, but like, People like Jay-Z, I, I learned a lot from him because I didn't have those mentors in my life. So I, I, I learned from him from a distance. You know, he said, honesty, loyalty, friends, and then wealth. Death before dishonor, and I'll tell you what else. I tighten my belt before I beg for help, right? Like, that was, that was a huge quote in my life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I believed in honesty, loyalty, my friends. And if I take care of all those things, the wealth will come. Right. Like I was able to learn from people like that. So uh, be true to yourself. Keep your mind where your feet are. And here will be the last one. Keep a growth mindset. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, hey, if uh, anybody is listening um, to my listeners and they wanted to get a hold of you, uh, reach out to you. Where can they do that? So they can reach out to me on Instagram and it's at underscore coach jb jb for justin brandt and they can reach out to me directly if you reach out to me on instagram and you send me a message you better believe i'm going to get back to you i've got close to 2,000 followers and i know every single one of them um i'm not the type of person that's going to blow you off so if you have any questions or you know you need any help with anything you reach out to me i'm definitely going to get back to you um, and then, you know, if, if you want to follow my content and, you know, if you want to like it, I greatly appreciate it. If not, you know, it'll be for somebody else. Nice. Oh man, I loved it, coach. I loved it.